Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. Glad to have you here with us as always. Um, A fun day for me because I get to talk to one of my favorite friends and colleagues. Her name is Vashti, and she is a functional medicine coach and founder of Green Papaya Health. Vashai Kanahaley has a background in healthcare and international development. She's a certified holistic health coach through the Integrative Women's Health Institute. Vashai has pursued further education in hormone health, environmental health, completed the fixed-year period apprenticeship, as well as advanced studies in functional medicine. Before becoming a health coach, she worked for the United States Agency for International Development, focusing on maternal and fetal health. Vashai worked in conjunction with the United Nations on several projects, in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. There it goes. She holds a BA and MSHS. At heart, Vashai is an advocate, activist, and educator. She's passionate about helping women learn to be their own advocates and educate them on their bodies and regain vitality. In addition, Vashai is an activist and a strong believer in women's rights. She's been an expat for 12 years, living in six countries. And while it's had its challenges, she can't imagine living life anyway. And we're going to talk about that today. In her practice, Vashai provides one-on-one consultations and coaching packages. Outside the office, you can find her on her mountain bike, hanging out with her family at the beach, and exploring new places. Vashai currently lives in Williamstead, Curacao, with her husband and two daughters and two rescue dogs. Welcome. Thanks, Christine. It's so great to be back. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on. Yes, we've been here before, but it's been, it's probably been like, couple of years since you've been on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and you know, as we all evolve, you're doing like so much more, you know, deeper work now, and you've done all Mm. this functional medicine training, which is like amazing. Everybody I'm like asking her questions all the time about (laughs) her very advanced program and everything that she's learning in that. So she's got it down, especially about the thyroid. And, um, we'll definitely talk a little bit about that today too, but let's start off with this new project that you spearheaded really, right? Because of your experience in living, uh, experiences living all over the world. So it is called the expat health code Mm -hmm. and tell us what it's all about. Sure. So I started expat health code, um, with my actually accountability partner and a fellow functional medicine coach, uh, Tanya Rodriguez, who lives in Dubai. And one day we were like, just chatting, um, you know, during our studies and we're like, we should really work together and we should focus on our community, which is the expat community. Mm-hmm. And as two coaches, we thought, okay, this is great. And then we're like, let's bring in um, Dr. Fox, who I also work with in my private practice. And he um, lives in Seattle, but he is a former military brat. And so he grew up moving around too. So we have these three different um, sort of experiences that we bring to the program. And he was very excited to, to jump on board and, and be part of it as well. And we really designed this program, this actual business um, to educate, inspire 
empower and support expat families overseas. So let's talk about what expats are for people that have never heard that sure. term, if they haven't so fully people gathered. People that yet. live outside of their home country. So for mm-hmm. me, my home country is the United States, um, but I've lived in six different countries. And every time we move, we have to develop our new community, find health care, um, and all of those things about, mm. you know, as you do when you live in your own country, but mm-hmm. here it's different culture, often different language. And and just the additional stressors that come from living away from your family and friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I can imagine in some of the countries that you've lived in, it's like, I mean, you've got the language barrier to work with. You've got just a whole way of different way of doing things and approaching mm-hmm. health in a lot of ways, right? Yes, and so definitely. you may not be able to access all the things that you're used to mm-hmm. being able to access in your home country. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And some places, uh, naturopathic or functional medicine isn't um, really practiced in that country. Other places it is, it's wholly mm-hmm. embraced and it is their kind of healthcare. So it just depends on where you're at and the environment that you find yourself. Like, yes, yeah, definitely when I lived in Iraq, that was not a... <laughs> Um, something that I had access to, but that was a a slightly like different situation, um, than most people find themselves in overseas, um, in Lebanon, it was sometimes the, um, language barrier though. I had excellent healthcare there that often surprises Mm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, Cambodia was much, uh, uh, different, not as much access or even um, the ability to provide healthcare was very mm. limited there um, mm-hmm. due to its third uh, being a third world country and just uh, its own history. So mm-hmm. going to like neighboring uh, Thailand to have my daughter, um, which had excellent healthcare. Oh, wow. And, so you, how yeah. far was that that you had to go? Uh, they actually border each other. So it was like a 45 minute flight. Okay. Oh, um, but still you had to I fly. <laughs> to yeah. So I flew yeah. there and then I lived there. Um, yeah. uh, while my husband remained in Cambodia, um, to, for the birth of my youngest, That's um, crazy. but it was really great medical, um, care again, surprising to people. Right. Yeah. Um, I've heard that about they, Thailand. That yeah. It's good. I mean, yeah. they have a lot of medical tourism there. Yeah. So they get a lot of people from the middle East and other Asian countries coming for medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the, the care that I received as a new mom was amazing. Unlike anything I'd seen or had, cause I had my youngest in, or my oldest in Seattle. So it was much mm-hmm. different to have those two dynamics and to see the difference. But again, it just sort of surprises people who are used to, you know, maybe thinking that wherever they live is the best healthcare, that there right. are other places that have great yeah. healthcare. Nigeria, again, not easy to have access to um, great healthcare there. Right. Um, right. And now we live in Curacao, which is in the Southern uh, Caribbean. And it is much like the EU in many of its, uh, well, you can get a lot of things done here, but it's not exactly it's a, like it's an island, right? It's going to be so yeah. 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 So there yeah. is access, but it is limited. Um, but it's good healthcare as well. So I think it's just interesting to look at when you're living as an expat. This is how, what sort of motivated me to start this: is what's available, mm-hmm. who needs help there, mm-hmm. um, what are expats looking for and maybe missing mm-hmm. in in that new environment, and being able to support them. Mm-hmm, for sure. So two mm-hmm. questions. I want to hop back to the Thailand thing. Cause I'm curious mm-hmm. what, um, what was so amazing about, you know, the experience there and the healthcare mm-hmm. that they provided in sure. you having a baby. Okay. So that's one. And I'll come back to the other. In a um, 
So there is a very large expat population there. Mm-hmm. I want to say probably around maybe at least a million expats, wow. you know, from all over. Yeah. Um, and I could be off on that, but it's, it's large. It's large. And yeah. um, so I was able to find an Australian midwife who um, knew the Thai system. Thais really nice. like to have um, C-sections. I think they have about an 88% C-section rate because they love to have their they, babies. on. They like set days. it up. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Auspicious days for, mm-hmm. for luck, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I said, you know, I really want to have a natural birth this time. Um, So I actually started working with this woman from Belgium in Cambodia who got me started on all of the, you know, how to mindset visualizations around all of that. And then when I went to Thailand, I was able to link up with this midwife. So already I had like the sort of expat community. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I had a, a woman from China who was helping me with like herbals and other things. And then, so when we went to the hospital, they were always very willing to say, okay, you know, if you're in, if you're doing well, we can definitely go down this natural birth route. Like they even have a natural birthing room at the hospital where I had, Mm. where I had Kate. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's all set up with, you know, the balls, the bath, things you can hold on to from the ceiling, everything is there. And they have midwives and nurses also that work at the hospital. So Mm. it was this much more, I felt sort of holistic care outside of it culturally wanting C-sections that, you know, um, but they were very open to, to that. And so it was having my midwife advocate for me Mm -hmm. and what I wanted in, in that moment, Mm -hmm. um, to them listening Mm. to me, (laughs) ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, I want to do it this way. Okay. We're, we're doing well. Okay. So we met halfway and I was able to have, um, Kate naturally and so you know, a V-back. Then, I'm assuming you had a V-back. No, I no, no, there no. I didn't have I had both my girls. Oh, um, you didn't have a C-section I had an epidural with okay. Kira and then gotcha. just, I see. Like, no mm-hmm. drugs with Kate. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um and so um and it, everyone's birth story is different. I'm not promoting one way or another, but it sure. was very um this was kind of what I was looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't go exactly as planned, but it was it was like still really felt listened to. Mm-hmm. And that I think is missing often in healthcare yes. um, across the board, but especially we find in women's health. And um, so then afterwards in the U S like, if you have your baby, like in 24 hours, if you're good, you're like out, right. I get out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there I was getting massage at day wow. four. I had to ask to go back. Cause like, I was like, Hey, um, I have a, a toddler at home. Um, the Seahawks are playing in the Super Bowl tomorrow, <laughs> and I would really like to see you. They're <laughs> like, so what? They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they would take care, you know, they, you know, just really hands on, you know, making sure I'm okay, feeding me like real nutritious mm. food. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the whole experience was much more um, holistic and, and really. Um, focused on mom and baby yeah. and not like, well, how quickly can we get you, get you out? out well, you know, you mentioning massages, like case in point, you know, yeah. I, um, after my emergency surgeries, when I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, I basically made everybody that came to visit me, like rub my feet. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually think that that was hugely impactful on my healing. And when yeah. I got out of the hospital, I had a friend, you know, that was a massage therapist come over a couple of times a week. And it really, for me showed how important 
after any kind of major medical thing, the power of touch is right. And especially a mom who you've Mm -hmm. just given your body through this very, you know, tumultuous, traumatic experience, even at the best of times, right. It's intense. Mm -hmm. And so to help you to really kind of like bring down your nervous system to really calm that's, you know, your state Mm -hmm. afterwards. I mean, I think that would that in of itself would be incredible to experience. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. And just like, you know, after having Kate, like, you know, they were very big on like, okay, we're gonna, you're going to hold her the skin mm. to skin dad mm-hmm. gets skin to skin time, letting mm. the umbilical cord remain for, you know, a longer period of time, oh, yeah. things like that. So yeah. it was, there was just a lot of that, um, that I felt very supported. Yeah. Um, very interesting. And everyone. I know that was a little bit off topic, but in, in, in some ways it's not because we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, figuring out things as an expat, right. And right. being, um, sort of being able to see that there are pluses and minuses in different places yeah. and, and having yes. a network to kind of connect with like what you've started. Right. Um, so my other question was, you know, so Dr. Fox is his name, right? That, yeah. 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 So you have continued to work with him over the years of being an expat, right? Yes. Yes. And how yeah. has that been? Do you see him? I'm assuming, you know, you've been seeing him online for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I see him online and I transitioned away from being his uh, patient right. to working with we him work together. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah. So overseas, we could see each other and then I would fly home to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I would see him there. But yes, yeah, so it's been a lot of telemedicine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and which is you- a great option for our, our overseas clients. Right. Right. Um, and then uh, if you're in the Seattle area, you know, you can have that, that one-on-one mm-hmm. um, in-person visit, but that was really important too. It was part of this was to bring the, the doctor and coach model to this. Yes. Because yeah. we together have seen really great results um, in having a doctor and coach work together on mm-hmm. patients mm-hmm. Um, and just mm-hmm. that synergistic um, relationship that you can have there and how that benefits your clients. So that's something we really wanted to offer expats and, and offering healthcare that resonates with them. Now, not everyone knows about naturopathic and functional medicine. So that's another opportunity for us to, you know, educate and inspire people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also if that's what you're used to and you're going overseas, you may not be able to find that. Right. Um, I know in the state department system, that's not offered. And that's, that is what it is. Um, but it's nice to be able to see someone and, and have medicine that aligns with you. Right. Absolutely. So what, what would happen, you know, when you were seeing him via telemedicine and say there was, you know, you were somewhere where you couldn't access maybe some of the supplements, like what happens Mm -hmm. in, in those situations when you couldn't access what it was recommending? Well, then we would, you know, we really go back to, to basics or you, or as it is, you have yeah. your community. Yeah. Right. And yeah. okay. So someone's going back, say to the U S Hey, yeah. can I ship this to your address? And then you bring it back bring it to back. me. So you might not get it in the timely. Right. Um, this that you would, if you were at home and that's something we do is work with people where they're at. And then we would maybe like switch gears a little bit, you know, to, yep. to work on something more foundational that we can like sleep hygiene or something, right? right. While they're waiting on getting those supplements or you're in the UK. Okay. Maybe, uh, you can get someone's going home or like, uh, 
in some places like Dubai, you can order off like Amazon and mm-hmm. or source mm-hmm. very yeah. carefully, but like yeah. Thorn and other places that are on Amazon. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can get those. So you have gotcha. to become um, creative mm-hmm. in how you get things, but that's part of, you know, when you have that community around you, you can, you can lean on those people to, to help you. Yeah, that's I I can see that's one of the big benefits because, you know, even some um, of international clients that I've worked with or that colleagues have worked with, you know, you get caught in like, oh, how am I going to get this to this person? How is this person going to take this test? But then as that community builds, somebody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I figured out this source or I know somebody who's going to be there, that kind of thing. And so that's where that community model really comes in Mm -hmm. in in an amazing way. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty cool. So (laughs) so um, you guys are working together. So who, who was the third person that you mentioned? So it's Tanya, who Hi. is um, an, my accountability partner in School of Applied Functional Medicine, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then also a, a coach. Okay. She's in Dubai. Okay. So you, do you sort of set up where the three of you guys always work together or on individual people? Like it'll be two of you working with them. How is that all being done? Um, so it could be that the model that we're, we're looking for, so we're sort of in like the pre phase of some of this mm-hmm. um, work mm-hmm. is that they would be able to sign up for like a package, you know, mm-hmm. like, in, you know, whoever the available coaches or if they align mm-hmm. with, you know, say Tanya, then they could work with her and then they see her X number of times and Dr. Fox. Like that's how like the, the one-on-one model mm-hmm. would, would mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be offering um, different um, like done for you programs so that people can, can learn about things and progress at their own pace too. If, if what they want to know is, Oh, I want to know about like the basics of health and here we have mm-hmm. this, or I would like to know more about um teen health, you know, mm-hmm. my daughter's going to, you know, start her period soon. So I really want to know about that. Or, um, we're really looking to support the LGBTQ community as well. So having mm. all these programs around, um, different for different groups yeah. in the expat community. I love that because I mean, some of those places that people are going to be, you know, I mean, it's hard enough in the U S sometimes to access things right. around periods and LGBTQ right. issues, you know, much less right. other places of the world. And so mm-hmm. having that, um, you know, those foundations and access yeah. to those foundations is, is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, uh, I wanted to go back to sort of the doctor coach model and talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I don't know that everybody who's listening to this has sure. experienced that before. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really, um, cool about that and hopefully how we're moving in general yes. with, you know, with medicine is that, you know, the, the doctor doesn't necessarily have the time mm-hmm. to sit with you one-on-one all the time and, you know, coach you through things, right? Like they kind of come in with the sort of the bigger picture, like this is what's going on. This is how we're going to tackle these things. But then, you know, often they kind of hand you the information and you go off into the world and have to do it on your own. Right. Right. And, and people can sort of fall out. So Mm -hmm. talk about a little bit about how the coach comes in. So 
the coach would come in and say, maybe we're going to do the intake form together, mm-hmm. you know, like doctor, mm-hmm. coach, patient. Mm-hmm. So we're all there. And then the doctor and the, pa- and the uh, coach can come up with the plan mm-hmm. and how we're going to implement that with the client and mm-hmm. client or patient. And then either Tanya or myself would then guide them through those lifestyle and nutrition habits, changes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, following up with, oh, how are you just the daily follow-up? I think that people really need that yeah. accountability. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, so much of what we do. And yeah. so we would be that in between. So they would have multiple appointments with us, mm-hmm. the coaches, and then, you know, one or two appointments with the doctor as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, after that, as needed or, you know, whatever, yeah. a la carte, but, um, that's really how we, Dr. Fox and I have used that outside of expat health code and why we know that it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can consult, you know, because sometimes people will approach you with something that is outside of what you are allowed to practice as right. a health coach or you should mm-hmm. not right. you know, yeah. be doing. And yeah. so then I can say, Hey, you know, Dr. Fox, this patient is experienced X, Y, and Z. Can I, you know, get your thoughts on that? And maybe they can book in with a call with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's all of us can be there or they can just do that separately. Right. And that's beautiful because I know probably both in you, you and I have experienced people coming to you with all the questions, right. And, and it's wonderful. They think you're very smart and know all the answers, yeah. but you don't, or even if you may have an idea about an answer. It's out of your scope of practice. Yeah, It's really something that only a doctor should be, you know, anything prescribing, obviously, um, you know, telling, diagnosing, diagnosing, exactly. Telling people what they have, like that's not in our wheelhouse at all. It's not supposed to be. And so to have um, someone, I, I would, think that this experience would really keep so much from falling through the cracks, which it can, if you just have one or the other, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my private practice, that's so many of the people uh, have come through, have fallen through the cracks and Mm -hmm. I have several expat clients. And when you move from one place to another, you don't have Mm -hmm. that continuity of care. Mm -hmm. So that is something Mm -hmm. else that, you know, we would be able to provide people as sort of continuity of care and knowing like, okay, you went from this place to this place and you don't necessarily, you want to have healthcare in that spot too. I shouldn't make it, we're taking that away, but we can help with that. Right. In that transition, it may take you a while to find it. It may not be as good as you want it to be, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in, you know, in terms of sort of uh, the longer maybe issues that come up for people, Mm -hmm. you know, do you find that there's stuff that the expat community kind of deals with that maybe more often that maybe other people don't? Um, I feel like all people have health issues right. these days, but right. I really do think that stress, mm-hmm. um, which we all experience stress, but I feel like expats have this, a bit of a different type of stress when uh, you don't have a supportive community around you, like sure. when you're transitioning, right? You will make friends and you'll have those friends and you, as you go from place to place, but those people there with you, right? Yeah. So transition stress, you know, moving every few years, like I move every two to three years. That right. is, it, um, 
and you had to do it through in COVID this last time, (laughs) which is like compounding the stress by 200%, right? right? Yeah. Right. And then I think sleep issues Mm -hmm. tend to really rise because we're, we're changing time zones a lot. And then people have a really hard time getting into a routine when they switch time zones. Um, I know this for myself and I've seen it in a lot of other people. And then you find that you're still struggling with routine, maybe a year down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes sense. And then depending on what your work is, I mean, I think that it's just, it's very difficult to sometimes, uh, I want to just say, I guess I'm going to go long tooth there if I keep going, but sleep <laughs> and stress and cultivating community are like the, the three the that I think ones. really, and then nutrition. I can't, I can't leave out nutrition. Right. Right. Because, because depending on where you are, you're going to exactly. have access to different foods. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I can imagine like thinking about some countries that I would, if I would have to move to that, you know, have you eat mostly maybe grains or, you know, wheat or what have you Right. when I've been off gluten for 15 years, you know, and the struggle that sort of comes up and the ideas around those different foods in different places mm-hmm. too. Right. And Absolutely. yeah. And I can imagine that's can be really tough, especially I don't know. Our bodies tend to seem to be able to handle those changes maybe a little bit better when we're younger, but as we age, your body's like, what are you doing? Give me my food I need. Yeah. Then you're not feeling good because you're not making good food choices that are good for your body anyway, because maybe you don't, you're too stressed to do it. You don't know how to do it. Right. Um, You might not even know that you have something going on. Right. So all of those can be compounded. And then it's really fun to help people try new foods in their mm-hmm. place that work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it might be, um, like for instance, Cambodia morning glory is, I love morning glory. That's, you know, like sauteed, but like people be like, what are you doing? Eat morning glory. You know, oh, what is morning glory? I don't even it's know. Like is a green. A oh, it's, it's like a green, a flower, okay. but it's a green, right. <laughs> okay. But it's something that they eat there all the time, but mm. it's a great way to get your greens, but yeah. you might not find, um, say American spinach because right spinach in different places has various degrees of bitterness. Mm, um, same with lettuce, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's acclimating to, uh, the healthy food choices that you can make right. in your given country and helping right. people find that yeah. um, option yeah. as well. What about testing? Do you find that in most places you're ultimately going to be able to do at least some basic blood labs and things like that. Or is it like, sometimes it's just not even an option. I haven't lived anywhere where you couldn't do basic. Blood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not going to find functional, right? Very few places. I would say all the places I I've lived functional would be probably Bangkok, but, mm-hmm. um, so meaning like stool tests stool, and hormone uh, testing. And horm- yeah. yeah. Anything outside of like, I guess, you know, straight blood serum um, testing. Yeah. yeah. But what we love to use in our practices becomes much more difficult. So then again, it is like, oh, I can get it here, but how do I send it back? Right. Right. It, and it needs you know, to go back in a certain amount of time usually right. and, and all of those things. So yeah. some of my clients have waited on that stuff and we just do what we can with, yeah. you know, basic blood because there's yeah. lots you can do with basic blood work. It's, mm-hmm. it's surprising and fun to, yeah. to look at. And, and then maybe when they go back to their home country, um, you know, they can do the testing there depending on where they live. But lots of these places like, you know, have distributors outside of, you know, the United States or the UK, Right. Um, right. So 
it's, it's just trying to find those avenues and how to meet people where they're at is really the biggest thing. Absolutely. So I do have to ask, is there any country that you've lived in that you feel like is ahead of the game with functional stuff as compared to say the U S? Um, I think that, uh, I wasn't really doing functional medicine back at that point, but I would say Thailand, it mm-hmm. had the, definitely the capacity and probably does have mm-hmm. people and, um, Beirut was phenomenal. Um, mm. they did test, like I had had miscarriage after miscarriage. Um, and they, it was when we lived in, um, in Beirut that they were like, Oh, you have X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. and this is what we need to do. And then we were able to get pregnant and stay pregnant. So, um, you know, cool. I felt like th- even if it's not functional, they, they definitely went the extra mile that mm. you don't always see. I feel like at least, uh, in my experience and with some of my friends experiences in the States, you can have miscarriage after miscarriage and they don't really do much about it. Now, now they test a lot more for MTHFR and things like that. Mm-hmm. than they did back when Two I was ago, trying yeah. to, to get pregnant. Right. Um, so things have changed in that aspect, but I do feel like there are places with, um, better medicine. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating to me because even just working with like, you know, clients in the EU, yeah. like, especially now that, you know, um, cause of Brexit or whatever, and like yeah. things that they could more easily access before when the UK right. was part of it. And now that they can as much, but then, you know, but it yeah. sounds like more things are starting to open in Europe now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure at different places in the world, some of this stuff is like running full speed ahead. Yeah. Wow. Like I know I have a client, um, that was in Paris. She, she had access to, you know, a lot more things mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the EU in general tends to be a bit more holistic in their yeah. approach that, um, just what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, the United States is, is really good at trauma medicine, mm-hmm. um, and, um, emergency medicine, uh, and, but there are a lot of ways we can grow in terms of, um, you know, patient centered uh, yeah. medicine and not, and getting away from sick care. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because I mm-hmm. do want to talk for just a moment about one of your main focuses these days, which is the thyroid, right? Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, this is, you know, such a big thing that I try and focus on, you know, really more recently, I'd say, in the hormone summits and, and everything for women to understand how much the thyroid can impact their hormones, you know? So what are you seeing, um, in terms of, I guess, women in particular and thyroid issues? Is this a big, huge thing going on? It is a big, huge thing. I think, I feel like it is, um, very much an underdiagnosed epidemic of hypothyroidism Mm -hmm. and likely Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroiditis, um, which is not a disease of the thyroid, so to speak, but, um, disease of your immune system, Mm -hmm. but it it impacts your thyroid gland. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really, um, every woman that has come into my practice, I think besides one in my, I can think of has had, if not overt hypothyroidism, subclinical. Yeah. And then many of those Hashimoto's and many are told there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And that I just, 
I no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And so that is so much why. And I have Hashimoto's, and I, you know, so I know firsthand that yes, you can. Yeah. Change your diet, your nutrition, and your lifestyle, and make a huge impact. And make a huge impact, mm-hmm. and go through life, yeah. you know, well as yeah. well. You know, yeah. Of course, I have flares. Stress impacts you more when you have autoimmune. Mm-hmm. My sleep can become disturbed. I get sometimes sick easier, but I've done the things so you can work with someone and mm-hmm. find out how to thrive mm-hmm. with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. And I think it's just getting people. It's, it's not even getting people, it's advocating with your clients to um, advocate for themselves at their doctor's office and ex- telling them exactly what they need to ask for, because yeah. you can give me a TSH and maybe it's fine, but that just tells me that your pituitary is working well. Right. Um, right. So I would really like to see how intracellularly your, your T4 and T3, and we're not going to go all into this are yeah. working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I want to know what your, um, you know, what your TPO and anti-TG antibodies look like. Yeah, absolutely. I had <laughs> a client, uh, you know, a few months ago and we were just doing some basics. So I ran, you know, some basic labs on her and thyroid look excellent, except for 600 for, I can't remember yep. if it was TPO or T- TGB, but um, I was just like, Oh goodness. You know? And of course, you know, I don't diagnose. So I said, you know, you should take this to your doctor. The doctor said, we'll rerun. Cause I think her TSH was a little high at that point. And she said, her doctor said, we'll rerun your thyroid labs in three months, but not the antibodies. So they literally just reran like TSH and free T4. And I was, and, and my client came back to me. She's like, my thyroid's looking better. And I was like, this tells us nothing about your antibodies. <laughs> I no, mean, it tells us nothing have, about your autoimmunity, you know? <laughs> you, I would then just start operating. Like, obviously yeah. there's an autoimmune dynamic at play. Right, right. In that yes. client. Yes. <laughs> and, and just the, the way it's, you know, shoved to the side it's just, it's right. so wrong in my opinion. Yeah. And Cause they don't know what to do other than, suffering. right. Right. It's like, they're like, we're going to wait until the thyroid is like completely broken down and yeah. then give you thyroid medication. That's how we're going to deal with Hashimoto's. Right. But that won't help your Hashimoto's. <laughs> exactly. <at laughs> just, and you can keep taking more and more TSH, but it's not, it's not going to help. And that's right. what I, I mean, if you have a T3 problem, you can yeah. take all the T4 in the world and well, you're going exactly. to, you might feel better for a little bit. And then you're gonna be like, Oh, I need to up this again because yeah. they're not seeing the conversion and how that's working at the cellular yeah. level. Yeah. And I feel that it's a disservice to millions and millions of women yeah. that yeah. it's not taken seriously. Absolutely. And it's like your hormones, you know, it's going to impact your hormones so much if your thyroid's not working right, you know, sluggish thyroid, probably sluggish everything. Everything. I mean, exactly. It is like a metabolism master. Yeah. And you, there will be, you know, all the way to sluggish bile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're going, mm-hmm. you know, way yeah. outside of what people are thinking about, yeah. but yeah it's a real problem in my yeah. opinion. And that's, you know, as someone with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, yeah. um, I feel like it's really important to, to help as many women as I can. And men, it just happens to be that women right. um, are it much hits our more bodies. likely to have these, these is- issues mm-hmm. than men. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, 
Yeah. It's, it's so crazy to say about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could do a whole episode just talking obviously about the thyroid and, you know, explaining to everybody, but, but yeah, that basic, I mean, I tell people all the time, like at least if they won't do anything else, ask them to run your antibodies, you know, because then you're at least going to know, um, you know, and obviously I always say, push for free T3. Cause then we know yes. what your active hormone is doing. Your free T4 doesn't tell us shit. If it's not, like you said, converting, yeah, you need the free, you need the yeah. active forms, not yeah. the one things that are sequestered away. Right. And if there's a big stress dynamic, we really want to look at that RT3. And that would be mm. something that you could either do if the, the, you know, practitioner is super, super progressive. Yeah. Um, or yeah. you can do later and just really see, I, I, I do that if there's been a huge like stress event mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and things that we were working, aren't really changing. Working. And then to see what that, that number is. And a lot of times is, is that from inflammation that that it can be. Yeah. 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 And so Lots then that is blocking the ability of to you know, use to, yeah. to, to do what it needs to do. So, um, yeah, I think that the thyroid is, um, it's, it's dynamic and it's, um, I don't know, it, it's very, it's hard to understand without a lot of really deep study. So I think that's why people also get, um, confused around it. Confused, or overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. For sure. What am I supposed to do here? Oh, my doctor right. says this is that, well, those are two separate Things, things, you know, yeah. and so I think it, it, it's advocating a lot is advocating with my, you know, for my clients to what to talk to their doctor yeah. about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then if, you know, yeah. I recently had a, a client who we had to switch, we, she decided, okay, I'm not getting what I want from this doctor. Can you help me find someone in this area that will run these tests? Mm-hmm, for me? Mm-hmm, so absolutely. Comes this sort of advocacy mode. I, yes, I love that because there are doctors out there and, you know, functional medicine doctors, naturopaths, et cetera, that really do understand the thyroid yes, and understand absolutely. how to properly go about that. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky to some extent because I, I mean, I probably have had subclinical hypothyroidism since I was, I don't know, 15, <laughs> you know, but mm. I mean, I, I know that in my twenties, mm. I got testing done and it was always quote unquote fine until mm-hmm. I saw a naturopath who said to me, yeah, he said to me, you know, you have subclinical hypothyroidism. And he was like, we're going to try, you know, uh, it was prescription because it was California. So he's able to prescribe, yeah. but, um, you know, a prescription glandular and, yes. it, you know, that was, I think I was 29 by the time that happened. And, you know, it, it certainly helped, but there was so much that needed to come around that too, you know? And so really understanding like, um, the glandulars that can help, but all the minerals and everything that you need for thyroid. So all of those things, it's, it's so multifaceted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're going to talk more about this, right? Because we are actually going to do this webinar in January. That's all about the connection between hormones and thyroid and adrenals, because it's such a, you know, they, are so interwoven. You can't really like get away from one without dealing with the other ones. And so we really want everyone to understand those connections Mm -hmm. better and what they can do to support, because I mean, you know, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about those minerals that are needed for thyroid are missing in many of our diets and the amount. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And because that's, you know, soil erosion, all the things that we'll talk about that we're no longer being able to get them in our diet. So that's where targeted supplementation becomes 
really necessary yeah. um, in lots of ways um, yeah. for, for a lot of people. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I, you, you can't tell yeah, no, talking. <laughs> I know. I love it. And we'll, we'll definitely share with people, you know, how you can look at your tests and see some of the minerals that you are probably deficient in based on yeah. this test, right? I mean, yeah, it can tell absolutely. you so much, just simple blood tests. Mm-hmm. If you do a full thyroid lab. So I'm excited yeah. about that. So you guys yeah, stay tuned for that link to sign up. It's going to be a free webinar coming in January. So yeah, which is thyroid awareness month. Yes. Even better. <laughs> bringing it all together. Yep. Um, well, thank you so much for being here today with us and sharing all this cool stuff. I know that you guys are offering a, um, guide to stress reduction, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, yeah, you can get um, our guide to stress reduction in five minutes or less because we know that the effects of stress affect everybody and all, you know, higher blood pressure, weight gain, restless sleep, everything is connected to mm-hmm. sleep. So we thought it was really important um, as a, a handy guide for people as they're either transitioning or going through stressful situations. And then that will put you on our wait list for the vital basics, which is our done for you program that will be coming out in the next couple of months. Um, a six module um, course that outlines what we feel are the vital basics of health. Very cool. And it really brings functional and um, naturopathic medicine to to people in their homes. Oh, I love it. And so what is the website people can go to to get that? Um, at expat health code or okay. expathealthcode.com. So you okay. can grab it over on our Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it, we're there gotcha. or um, expathealthcode.com. Cool. And we'll also put that link in the notes today's show so people can directly click on that. Definitely follow them on Instagram and also follow Vashti on Instagram too. And that's at green papaya, right? Yeah. Green papaya yeah. health. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I am talking about all things autoimmunity and thyroid. Yeah. So important. So glad that you're doing this work. It's so, so <laughs> helpful. Likewise. So yeah. yeah. We're trying, right? We're, We're getting out there the and, and really just helping women as much as we can yep. and, and men too, but you know, yes. <laughs> okay. You guys, um, thanks so much for being here this week. Thanks for being on the podcast again. It was great to have you Thank here you so much for having me. And I'm really looking forward to, um, our time together in January. Yeah, me too. All right, All you right. guys, I'll see you next time. Bye.